This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Hey. We're on video, baby. We're on video, baby. We're on video, baby. I apologize for getting this out so late this week. It's Thursday. I like to record on Wednesday. We're on video. I'm going to do every pick them on video. God, I look good. Tune in MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube if you want to see this gorgeous face. But if not, just listen to the audio, subscribe, like, rate, review, blah, blah. We got pickums. Listen, you guys know, because I won't shut up about it, getting a tattoo Saturday, pretty much all day, getting this guy. <sighs> Say goodbye. See this? You've probably never seen this arm before. Look how fucking meaty that is, right? This hall could be covered come Saturday. I'm very, very excited about it. Won't shut up about it. I can't wait till it's here, but I'm going in at noon. The fight starts. See, I've been I've been tricked before because the fights start, um, I think, relatively early. Let's go to topology. Let's see. I thought they started at 10 a.m., but I think the main card starts at 4, so that would put the prelim card. All right, let's see here. Topology, 1 p.m. Eastern is when it starts. Okay, so I'll be an hour in of getting my arm just fucking dug in. Um. And then, uh, but yeah, like I said, if the guy's a talker, I'm going to talk to him. They're going to be on my phone while I'm getting tatted the fuck up. I have said on the, the recap show that I might not gamble. That's crazy. I'm going to go t- tomorrow. I'm going to go Friday. I'm going to go down there. I'm going to place my bets. There's, there's spots I like on this card. I'm going to do a pick them. Family's been sick. Wife's sick as a dog. I got sick. Missed work on Tuesday. Throat was hurting. Felt like I was swallowing knives. I'm rebounding. Daughter was sick. She kicked that shit in like 12 hours. Little one's still sick. Little runny nose. Wife took the brunt of it. The old, the old wifey took the motherfucking brunt of it. Poor, poor, tough, poor woman. But uh, we're powering through. So I almost did do the pick them. That's why it's a little late. Drag my feet. Got a lot of things to do. You know, I'm a dad. You know what I mean? That's, you know, that's what us dads do, you know? But, um... We got a pretty decent card here. I like my picks. You know, I'm a straight shooter. I tell you guys if my picks are shit. I tell you if I'm feeling it. A lot of these fights, I feel like I got a good beat on. I dove in a little bit besides one fight, which we'll talk about. I I, uh, maybe should have done a little more research, but what are we going to do? So let's get to the picks. Let's not waste any more motherfucking time. Oh, look at that. Switching scenes on you. Yeah, okay. First fight of the night, boom, look at that. God, your boy is trying some new things production-wise. Let's respect it. Still iron some things out. Got this from Topology instead of making my old shitty graphics. Let's fucking go. First fight of the night, Yancey Medeiros. This motherfucker is a plus 120. He is fighting Demir Hadzovic. Hadzovic. He is, um, what is he? He's a minus 150. This is a re- not a rematch, a rebooking. I should say, uh, of a previous, they were supposed to fight. COVID happened. I don't know which one of these guys had COVID. One of them did. So um, it, it is what it, it is, what it is, right? Lance Medeiros has, is that a, is he won his last seat? Typology is confusing me. Is he lost his last seat? Is he won his last seat? Let's look it up. I got it pulled up right here. 
Yeah, so he lost his last three. That was his last three losses. But against tough competition, Landon Nevada, Gregor Gillespie, Donald Cerrone. Then you got Demir Hazovic, who got just dropped and choked out by Renato Mercano, who's fighting later on this card, and was like, hey, I want to keep fighting. And it's like, Mercano's like, well, bro, like, sorry, you fucking, I dropped you quick and choked you out. What do you want from me? What do you want from me, guy? But I think Demir's a solid dude. His record spot, he's inconsistent with his record, but... Gancy was the the underdog darling last time they fought. A lot of people I respect pick Gancy. He's a tough dude. His chin could be an issue right now. He's an old. Uh, how old is he? Was this area here? My eyes are bad. Thirty three. He's an old thirty three. He's an old thirty three. He's an old dog. Um, he's put a lot of miles on thirty three years old. But he's a scrapper. He's good on the ground. He's bounced around camps a, a, a bit. I think he's with Max down there in Hawaii. I think he stayed in Hawaii. I think he's with Max. They got some really underrated coaches down there. A lot of people don't really know who Max is training with. He doesn't come out of this huge camp. He didn't go to BJ's. He didn't do all these things in Hawaii. And and Yancey went there, which I thought was a smart move. Um, But I think just Demir, with his inconsistency, I do think he's going to just have a little too much for Yancey. I think there's going to be moments where Yancey is going to look good in this fight. And there's moments where he's not, right? And, And that's just as simple as that. Um, I like, uh, I like Yancey Medeiros in this fight, or excuse me. I like Demir Hodjevic in this fight. So I'm gonna put my little W on him. Boom. Hamir, uh, Demir is getting the dub for me. Uh, minus 150. If, if you're confident in it, sure. I kind of wavered on that fight a little bit. I don't know. Um, I don't know either the, or excuse me. I don't really know too much about Demir besides getting shut out and lights out by, um, Renato McConnor, I did look at his tape. I think he has good qualities. I think if he can put it together, he could win this fight. He has a style to win this fight, but there's a lot of buts and ifs and what. I think Yancey's a dog in there, and, and I think he's really good dog money. I'm going to lay off this fight. I am not going to bet this fight personally, but if you're a dog hunter, if you're dog the bounty hunter, bruh, bruh, you know, maybe go for Yancey here. You know what I mean? Um, but it's just not something I'm, I'm willing to take right now. Next fight. Let me make sure I'm clicking these buttons right. We got this fight stinks. I'm going to say stinks. Charles Rosa versus Justin James. Uh, Rosa's a minus 167 favorite. Justin James a plus 135 underdog. James comes in, knocks out Camacho. All of a sudden, he's the fucking king of the world. Dropped his last three. He's a durable dude. He's tough in there. You know, um, he's been getting the shit kicked out of him by some really good strikers lately, though. So this is a nice change of pace. He's getting Charles Rosa, who I've already taken his black butt away. I have no authority to do that, and I have no idea who Charles Rosa got his black belt from, but I took it away. The way he's been getting dominated on the ground and his arrogance to the fact that he thinks he's this high elite black belt when he gets absolutely embarrassed on the ground. No, I took that shit away. It's gone. I took it away. But in this fight, this is another matchup that I just don't like. I just don't like either of these guys. I personally think these are fringe guys. I think literally loser leaves town. See ya. Justin James will probably get a call up because he lives in Vegas and he's an exciting guy. But, you know, Charles Rose has been in the UFC. It seems like forever. I feel like he's just digressing. I feel like his he used to put on really exciting fights and now he's not. Um, so I, I, with that being said, I'm going to go Rosa here. I'm going to move the W to Rosa. Uh, I just don't like this fight. I, 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 you know, hopefully right and during when I'm getting my tattoo, this is a fight that's on that I'm talking to the guy a lot because I just really don't care. I, I know that's horrible as me signing as a fan. I just, I don't have a good read on it. I don't really want to see these guys match up all that much. And the line's a little weird to me. I understand why Rose is a favorite because Justin James has not looked good, but he's also fighting fucking killer strikers. 
Um, so I, I'm going to go Rosa, even though I'm going to regret it because again, I've demoted that guy from brown belt. He's brown belt. I don't even know if he's brown belt, right? The motherfucker might be a blue belt if if we're really fucking being honest with you. The way he's looked on the motherfucking ground. All right. Next up, Julia Villa versus Jul. I, uh, I'm gonna have a hard time pronouncing this name. Jujua, Julia Jewel. Storolenko, last name's easy. I really like Julia Villa. I think Julia Villa is a really solid prospect. I think she's fought some good some good competition. She's looked pretty good. She's looked like a killer in there. She's also looked very pedestrian in there. Storolenko, I mean, this girl's one way, one way to win only. Get your fight to the ground, submit you. I don't know if she's going to do that. I'm going to go Villa here, giving her the dub. Real quick, real, real short, real sweet. Don't want to dive in too much of this fight. I think is the better fighter. I think she's fought better competition and and I think Sorolenko has, has looked in her small UFC career. I thought she's looked really good, but she's a little too one-dimensional. And um, I like it. The lines, excuse me for the lines here. If you can't read it on the screen, uh, Jill Levy has a minus 315, huge favorite. And Sorolenko is a plus 250. Again, Sorolenko, she's good at that one thing. So if you think she's that good at her one thing, 250 is a great fucking number. I think Julia Villa, though, this is mixed martial arts. I think she's more well-rounded. I think she's fought a tougher competition. And I think she's just going to be a dog in there and, and really chase for a finish. I think she knows what's at stake. I think she wants to be the top of the heap in this division. 135 to fight Nunes, in my opinion, besides some of the cream of the crop, it's pretty open out at the top. You know, you got Pena fight Nunes. And then, I mean, who else? I mean, you can't keep fucking feeding Holly Holm in there. You can't keep doing that. You got some real fucking bad bitches at 135. But I think Avia can really get her way up there with a real dominant win here. And I think she's thinking the same thing. So I'm going to go Avia here. Julia Avia, it's a high number. Again, not a fight. I'm look running out the fucking bet. I'm, I'm probably not going to bet it. But it's something that uh, it's something that I, uh, I'm interested in. Fuck, I, I knew I forgot something. I forgot to lock all my locks up. I forgot to lock them up. Speaking of that next fight, Marcino, Marcin Pracnio versus Ike Villanueva. Pracnio, guy's in my doghouse, okay? I don't know if I should blame him. I'm definitely blaming him because this is a guy who has no fucking chin, right? Decent striker, came in the UFC with a little, little bit of hype because he, he's a finisher. Gets knocked out every time he fights in the UFC. And then he fights Khalil Roundtree, the final leg in my parlay. One of the more confident picks I've ever made. And he decides to decision him, and Clay Roundtree just decides not to show up. This dude developed a fucking chin. What is happening? So, practically, I'm, I'm upset with you, Clear Roundtree. You're fucking dead to me. But with this fight, uh, you know, Ike Villanueva is not very good either, if I'm being honest with you. Prackney has a minus 215 favorite, and uh, Ike Villanueva is plus 170. Uh, you know, listen. It, you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat around the bush here. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, I'm going, I'm going Ike Villanueva. I'm moving the W to the Villanueva. He's getting this dub. Listen, Villanueva has had actually some weird fights in the UFC. Right, fought a heavyweight, came in at heavyweight. Let me, let me, let me show you. Let me, let me talk to you through this guy. Right here we go. Came in at heavyweight against Chase Sherman. Right. Elbows got knocked out by Chase Sherman. There's there's nothing wrong with that, right? Before that, he beat Rashad Coulter. He fought in the UFC. Losing the big old Mississippi mean country boy Chase Sherman. There's there's nothing wrong with that, right? Chase Sherman is a is a comparable heavyweight. He's solid. And, and you drop your debut. Then you fight Jordan Wright. That fucking serial killer. That psychopath. You fight him, you get cut in the first round, right? Um, 
that can happen to anybody, right? It was an aggressive fight. You didn't get put down or anything. You just got caught with a big shot, horrible cut, right stoppage. But you know, you got that fight got taken out of your hands for for a reason. Then you fight Vincent Morea, who stinks. The guy's not good. You knock him out in the second round. You do what you're supposed to do. You cut down the 205 for the Jordan Wright fight. You cut down to 205 for the uh, for the Morera fight, which is the right thing to do. And you, and you go out and win. Now you got Procneil, who is a good striker, right? As much as I want to bag on his chin, which is dog shit, the guy has some skills. You showed in a clear round three fight. He does keep distance pretty well. He knows how to move pretty well. But um, there's just. There's the chin issue, and then I think there's an aggressive issue. I think there's a confidence issue. Vital Maneva's back's against the wall here. This is a guy that has a dog shit record. He is 37 years old. So, I mean, time's a ticking. I think he needs to go out there, and I think he is going to go out there, and he's going to fucking put on pressure and just hunt Procneo down. He can take a shot, and he goes, you know what? I can take a shot. I'm giving this guy the best I got. It, this is the dumbest thing I might have ever said because I'm not a coach, I'm not a fighter. But if I was Ike Villanueva's coach, I would say, you got to finish this in the first round. Because the more steam this guy builds up, the more he relaxed he gets. He can't open up on you. He does have some good striking. But if I was in Ike Villanueva's corner, who's Ike's not the most cleanest technical guy in the world. He's a power guy. He's a bruiser a little bit. He wants to get in there. He wants to fuck you up. He wants to rough you up. I would fucking in his corner be listen, motherfucker, you got to go out there and you got to get this out of the first round. So with this fight, I'm taking Villanueva as a dog here. Let me look up since I didn't lock up anything. Um, there's a couple dogs I like. Let me see if, uh, yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it, baby. Let me get rid of this W. Hey, you want some dogs? Damn it. The graphic didn't come up, right? <laughs> here we go. Watch this. Watch this. I'm not editing that out. You want some dogs? Be a dog. We don't need no meows. We don't need no cats. We need more dogs. We need more dogs. You see it there on the screen. Ike Villanueva is going to be my underdog lock of the night. Woo-woo. Um, I was very ill-prepared for this. I did not have any locks written down. It was between Ike and two other people I like, but I really like Ike. I don't trust Pracneo's chin. I don't think anyone should. And, uh, yeah, that's where we're at with that, and and I and I, I I feel comfortable with that pick. I feel comfortable with that pick. I feel comfortable with that pick. If I if I tell myself enough, I think I'm going to uh, believe it. And I'm excuse excuse me. I know I'm a little kind of messy and all over the place. I'm still working out the video stuff. I'm I'm a one man show here. Other fucking people, they got producers, they got post edit. I'm doing this all on the fly. There is a little thing that you can buy. That, you know, it makes everything easier with the graphics and whatnot. Not there yet. Okay? Not there yet. It's a work in progress. The audio is going to sound crisp. Guaranteed. But the video stuff, we're working on it. But still go subscribe, baby. Go subscribe. See this face. See this fucking face. But Ike Willanoe was my guy. Underdog lock. Bruiser. Let's fucking go. And next up, Worley Alvarez Jeremiah Wells. Short notice fight for Worley Alvarez. This guy, again, if rounds were um did i even give the Pracneo odds yeah i think i did minus 215 versus one plus 170 i'm all over the fucking place this fight um warley alvis is a plus 245 and jeremiah wells is a or excuse me where that was a minus 205 245 what the fuck is wrong with me brian get it together minus 245 is warley alvis there i said it good job jeremiah wells plus 187 
this fight, you know, Warrior Alvarez is, is is a problem in those first rounds. I mean, again, this is a guy who's got a win over Colby Covington, right? And and he just had a really big win his last time out. Burn me bad. Uh, Munar Lazez, who I was very high on, he fucking put a stamp on him. Jeremiah Wells coming on short notice here. A grappler, um, not a prolific finisher, likes to get in there, likes to mix it up, wants to get the fight to the ground, can wear on you a little bit, ha- has decent submissions, but... He's just he's not he's he's not fully completed yet. But with that being said, his strong suits could give Alves problems. If if Alves taking this fight on short notice doesn't respect Wells, goes out there and says, I've been in the UFC for X amount of years, fuck this guy. I'm a huge favorite, it could be a problem. I can smell upset here. Plus one eight seven, that's actually a fairly low number. So there is tape out there in Jeremiah Wells that people respect. Vegas is respecting this kid. Now, for me, I preface at the beginning of the show, I should have dove more in Jeremiah Wells. I have not. I've looked up some tape of him. I obviously looked up his record, but I am not super familiar with the kid. We can go over his record right now before I give my pick out. Um, So Marco Smallman, hell of a name. We're naked choke. That was back in 2019. So he hasn't fought in 2020. It's been a little bit. Looks like he's been signed to the UFC because he's supposed to fight Bobby Nash, uh, Bobby Lee, right? Two Bobbies, Bobby Lee and then Miguel Baeza, all in 2020. All those guys are in the, the UFC, I believe. He has a loss over Vince's to Jesus. Vince's to Jesus decision. That was back in 2019 as well. He's busy 2019. Jason Norwood, solid guy, has a decision win over him. John Manley, solid guy, has a decision win over him. Gary uh, Boletto has a good record. I don't know him. Knocked him out. Has a draw with Basile Hafez. What is what has Brazil done? He's six and three. Okay, you know, never really made it to, you know, anything else. Six and three has a draw with him, but that was back in 2017. Lost to mainly Wallow at 20 uh, back in 2016 by Sanders. Never been finished. Um, has one knockout. Most of his wins by decision, and a couple by submission. His last fight was by submission over Marco Smallman. Seven and three. Is this guy had a shot anywhere? CFFFC, CFFFC. Nah, King of the Cage. Nothing. Where's he coming from? Uh, where's he at? American Karate, Jiu-Jitsu Wrestling, Michigan. Michigan got some studs right now. But uh, Jeremy Wells coming out Philly. Tough Philly. Those Philly boys are tough. So I'm actually, don't let the W confuse you. I'm going to go Worley Alvarez here. I'm going to go the chalk. I, I, I don't have the balls to place it on uh, Wells. I don't have enough information. That's on, my, that's on my end. That's my fault. I've had a week, boys. I've had a week. But... If you're reading lines in which a lot of cappers do, this kid's getting a lot of respect. Now I got these lines yesterday. They could have moved drastically. It was a fresh line that just came out. They could have they could have jumped all over the place. It was the last line to come out since it was the last fight booked. But Worley Alvarez has it in him to just beat anybody. And with a with a guy like Jeremiah Wells who who has a decent record on his name, or excuse me, decent records on his name, hasn't fought in like two years. You know, has some good names on his record. That's how you fucking say that, Brian. You dumb shit. Um, has uh, fights out of Philly, which is is becoming a, a more and more hotbed for MMA right now. Which used to be a boxing town. It's still a boxing town, but now it's becoming an MMA town, which is great. You got Docus Brothers, Eddie Alvarez, so forth. Um, but I like Worthy Alvarez. I'm I'm gonna go chalk. I'm I, you know I don't don't. I wish I I wish I had the balls to take the underdog. I wish I did. I wish I was like you know what fuck it. I think Jeremiah Wells. And again, I just don't know enough about him. I'm ill-prepared, and I apologize. But I promise you, the guys that I do know about, 
Guaranteed winner. Guaranteed winners. I give one mortal lock. I give one mortal lock the entire card. But I'm confident to say that I have at least two or three mortal locks. Or maybe even dog locks. Fuck it. Let's get wild. Let's get crazy. Little nectars of the gods there. Let's move on. Marshall Paredes versus... I love this guy. I think this guy is incredibly talented. I'm going to have to learn how to pronounce his name. Shavkat Rachmanov. Rachmanov? Rachmanov. Shav? Shavkat Rachmanov. Awesome fight. Michelle Paredes is a, uh, excuse me, plus 215 underdog. Shakman is a minus. Shak, hold on. Wait. Shavkat? Rachmanov. Rachmanov. I can say Rachmanov. Rachmanov is a minus 275 favorite. This kid is a fucking problem. I, I, I like this kid. He comes out in a wolf hat. I looked up tape before his UFC debut. Fell in love with him. I think he was a favorite in his UFC debut as well. Uh, yeah, against Alex Cowboy Rivera. Finished him in round one with a sick guillotine show. Controlled the entire fight. This kid is confident. He's from a uh, he's combo. He's from uh, Kazakhstan, which I believe is born in Uzbekistan. Fighting out of Kazakhstan, which I believe is where Triple G's from. Um, you know the bre- breeding fighters. He is undefeated, right? Okay, 13-0. All finishes. There's a fight that he fought uh, Marcus Vincius. Back in 2014, it just says win on Tapology, So I actually don't know if that's a finish. I'm going to assume it is, okay? I'm going to take the leap and say he finished that guy because I don't know who he is. Uh, he was 6-6 six and six the time they fought. Yeah, he finished him. So that's really impressive. This kid is an absolute savage, and I think the UFC knows that. And I think Vegas knows that. That's why he priced so high. But Michelle Perez, this motherfucker's been around for a long time. People sleep on him. When I saw this fight announced, I went, oh, Rachmanov's got it. That's my guy. That's my fucking, that's my dude. That's my guy that I, he's going to fucking dominate. But then I sat back and was like, well, wait a second. Michelle Paredes, I know there's been some steroid stuff, allegedly. Fought at 55. Now he's at 170. He's wider than my fucking house. I started to kind of backtrack a little bit and go, wait a second. Let's let's kind of think about this, Brian. Let's put the cap of brain on. Let's really sit down and really dive into this because Pereira's, even though he's not the most active guy in the world, the guy shows up to fight. So he lost his last fight back in 2019. It's been two years since he's seen him against Ismail Nardif. Nardif lost by decision. Before that, he was on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight fight win streak. Lost to Kevin Lee by decision. Got out wrestling that fight. Then he beat uh, Vamir Lazo. Who cares? JC Contrell. Who cares? Gilbert Burns. Ever heard of him? I know Gilbert Burns at 155 is way different than Gilbert Burns at 170, but Gilbert Burns is still a fucking talented fighter. Josh Berkman choked him out. You know, good name, but not a great fighter. Mads Burrell, good wrestler, choked him out. Des Green, solid, scrappy dude. Zach Cummings at 170. Kid's a beast. Actually, don't know if he won that fight, though. And Bartusz Fazinski choked him out as well. Another very awkward style guy. Lost Ismail. Took two years off. Maybe he got popped for steroids. Don't know why he was off. Allegedly, allegedly. And now he's got my boy Shavkat. Shavkat Rachmanov. And I I, I want to hammer this 275. That doesn't scare me. When a guy's this good that I think's this good. Now, this is what gets me in trouble. He's only had one fight in the UFC against a name. Cowboy Oliveira. But Cowboy Oliveira is, you know, he's good, but he's not great, right? Good benchmark. I get really excited about young talent, right? Rachmanov is a young, talented guy. You know, good grappling, good finishing instincts. Okay on the feet. He's not. He's better on the ground than he's on the feet, but he does have some knockouts. He, he is powerful. And you get Michelle Pizarro, who I don't think's 
ever been finished in the UFC. The guy's only got three losses. He's getting a little older. He's 39 years old. That's going to catch up with him. He's been two years off. He's, he's undersized in this fight. So what do you do? And again, this is the stuff that gets me in trouble. So let me let me hit this W here, okay? I'm going to put it in the middle. Put it in the middle. If you're watching this, sorry if you're audio only. What do you do here? Do you let the old Brian, who gets very excited about young fighters and they end up biting him in the ass and then you end up being wrong about the talent that you have sought after that you have, you think you can scout talent and then your ego takes a hit and your wallet takes a hit. Is the old Brian going to come back or am I going to go, you know what? Pick Rachmanov, but it's a dangerous fight because Pizarro is, is a good, talented guy. What do you think I'm going to do? Well, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Mortal Lock. He's the best. Love, love it. I love Rachmanov here. I'm not swaying. Old Brian's here to fucking stay. Multi, multi units on Rachmanov or Pizarro. I think he's going to go out. I think he's a style on him. I think it'll be a huge. I think the UFC knows what they're doing. Huge feather in Rachmanov's cap if he can finish Pizarro's because Pizarro's is a fucking little goddamn fire hydrant. If you go out there and finish this guy, you got you got some stake and claim at 170. There's some beasts at 170, and this kid's one of them. I love it. Again, O'Brien. Now listen, if he goes out and gets clipped by Bezeros, who fucking throws heat and gets put down and gets choked out because he's got good chokes. I mean, I don't I don't know what I'm gonna do. I definitely know if it happens while I'm still getting tattooed, my tattoo will have a met like there'll be a line out of place because I will freak out and move. But I, let's just hope that doesn't happen. Let's just hope that doesn't happen. Excited for that fight. All right, next up, Danilo Marquez versus Kennedy and Zukuwu. Uh, Danilo Marquez, is a, oh, excuse me, give me the lines here. Minus 107 plus, uh, minus 107 for Marquez, minus 118 for Kennedy. I'm not going to try to pronounce that fucking last name again. Fight I don't love on paper. I think Marquez is, I don't think he's great, right? I don't think he's terrible. Um, I'm not like super in love with him, but I know a lot of people do like him. He's good on the ground. Kennedy coming off a knockout over Colas Olberg looked really good. Showed a lot of good heart in that fight, but he's a striker. Danello's a grappler. I mean, whenever that happens, I'm going to lean grappler because I think Marquez can get this fight to the ground and and submit him. And that, and that's what I'm going to pick. I'm going to go Marquez by submission. Um, and that's a prop I'm probably gonna take. I don't know if I'll do money line on that fight. I, I think I'm gonna do away with the W's. This is just me talking out loud. They won't place where I want, and it's just it's just a mess fucking visually. So whatever. I'm picking this guy. You see that guy, Danilo Marquez. That's who I'm picking. Let's move on. Again, I, I'm sorry to keep these short and sweet, but I really don't think I need to break down this fight for fucking 40 minutes. Kennedy's a striker. He's long, tall, rangy, has good knockout power, shows some good heart. He is very young in his MMA career. So is Danilo Marquez, who's been touched on the feet a few times, has just showed some pretty good heart. But when he gets to the ground, he has shown that he can be lights out on the ground. We haven't really seen Kennedy to the ground yet. The answer of this question is going to be, can Danilo take Kennedy down, right? They're obviously working all camp for him to not get taken down. So we'll see. Kennedy, good knockout power, good strong guy, shows some good cardio against Olberg. And Dylan Marquez has shown just relentlessness with his takedowns. He doesn't give a fuck. He's he's coming after you. And you got to respect that a little bit. Um, so I'm going to go Dylan Marquez. It's a pick em fight. Again, I'm probably just going to prop the sub. I don't think I'm going to do uh, money line for this. I'm going to go sub Marquez. I'm sure it's at a plus number. 
Um, I think that's your best bet. Or Kennedy by knockout if you're if you're on that way. All right, Renato Morcano versus Jay Herbert. Jai Herbert. Uh, Morcano is a minus two fifty favorite. Herbert's a plus one ninety five. I'm flirting with Herbert here. I'm flirting with Herbert. Um, this isn't as easy as I thought because I'm actually high on Morcano. And then you look at some of his last fights, and he hasn't looked that good. This was a guy when he fought Brian Ortega. At 145, before he moved up to 55, he was winning a lot of that fight. It was com- a competitive fight, but he was winning a lot of that fight and then just got caught. I thought this dude was a real deal because I have high praise for Ortega. Then he just kind of goes on a, a little, you know, falls apart a little bit at 45, and then he goes up to 55, and it's been a little mixed bag here. Jay Herbert coming off his loss against uh, Francisco Trinaldo, where he got absolutely knocked out. Um, and this is when Dan Hardy, the famous Dan Hardy, arguing with Herb Dean, he thought it was a late stoppage. Herbert's been a staple of English MMA for a while. He's friends with a lot of people. He's 33 years old, good striker. Pretty good anywhere, good fitness, good cardio. But Chin obviously is going to be a little bit of an issue here. Mercano has really pivoted his game. I think his stand-up's really good. I think it's incredibly technical. I think he's fast. I think he's powerful. I think his defense is a little bit of a problem. I think his chin isn't what he wants it to be, but he's really good on the ground. I think he's going to look for takedowns. I think he's going to stay away from Herbert. They're going to stand up on the feet, and they're, and they're going to um, exchange on the feet, and then and then Wakanda's going to try to get it to the ground. Now, at plus 195, though, are you willing to take a shot on Herbert? I think you could. I'm picking Moicano. That's my official pick is Moicano. But... I can see some money coming in on Herbert because Mokano has shown to be vulnerable with his chin. He has shown to be vulnerable. Really, that's it. Defensively in his chin. Pretty good on the ground. And I mean, he's been cho- he's been choked out before by uh, Ortega. Didn't he get choked out by... What does he get choked out by? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'll see he get choked out by. He got choked out by somebody. Where is it at? Chin Sung Jung knocked him out. Aldo knocked him out. He, knocked, he, he choked out... Uh, Demir and then Rafael Viziz, who's a fucking problem, knocked him out. He's choked other people out. So he's only been choked out by uh, by Ortega. I re- rephrase my thing. Herbert coming out of the loss over Francisco Chinado, who's like 100 years old, but even though he's he's a spry 100, he's a motherfucking spry 100. Um, I, I don't know. I was all over Herbert in the Chinado fight. He looked good early, and then he just kind of fell apart. I think he's a good prospect. I think he's I think he's uh, you know former champion outside the UFC, which you got to respect those cage fury guys, those cage warrior guys, whatever it's called. They are legit dudes. They come over and and, and they're good. And Mokano, I think, is steamed a little bit high for this fight. I do think he has more ways to win. I am picking him because I'm a little second fucking square bitch. But um, I think Herbert at plus one ninety five is something that people need to take a look at, including myself. Next up, Nicholas Dalby. Versus Tim Means, Nicholas Dalby, 19-3-1. Tim Means, 31-12-1. I don't know why I read the records. Dalby, plus 110. Tim Means, minus 137. Dalby, a little bit of underdog here. He blew up my spot last time he fought against D-Rod and Rodriguez. Very, very close fight. I had Rodriguez win in. Dalby won it. Definitely, you know, he's an awkward guy, right? He has a draw with Darren Till. He's got a couple draws elsewhere outside the UFC. He's got that crazy fight where they had to stop it because there's too much blood in the cage or something. Like the cage, like this guy's been through it all, right? Um, had some addiction issues, and he, and he fixed those, and he, and he got himself back in the UFC. He's looked pretty good since he's been back in the UFC. He's also looked like shit. Jesse Ronson knocked him out, which surprised me. Ronson got popped for steroids. What you got though, right? You know, take that loss away. T- enter Tim Means. You know, Tim Means be business. Thirty-seven years old. This guy's not getting any nicer with age, right? This guy's a fucking angry man. He's a mean man. I hate to do that, but he is. 
gets in there and he don't give a fuck. You know, I want to touch gloves, right? Let's not play patty cake. I'm in here to fucking smash your face. I like that Tim Means went up 170. He was at 155 for most of his career, which I think was a horrible cut. He's huge. I mean, he's six, what is he? Six two, but he's like a long six two. Enter Nicholas Darby, who keeps a weird pace, right? And Dalby is shown to be very durable. And then there's times where he's shown that he gets caught and quits. He quit against Ronson. He got he got knocked down and he got choked up at Ronson quickly. He didn't really fight for anything. So I, I don't really know the mental state of Dalby, if I'm being honest with you. But I do think he's a tough, durable guy. I think he can really push means here. I think the, the way to, to for Dalby to win is make an ugly fight. Tim Means has really good striking. He's good in the clinch. He's aggressive. His cardio isn't world-class. Again, he's getting a little older, but he's dangerous everywhere. His elbows are good. He is good on the ground, but off his back, Dalby takes him down and can work some some ground and pounds and work some, some fuck him up. Tim Means has some submissions off his back. He's got good chokes, but that's the way to beat Means. If you take him down, you can hurt him on the feet as well, but you take him. You know what? This has never happened before. I have mid-recording, mid me breaking it down with this fucking brain. This is, this is not planned. Me breaking it down mid I'm switching my pick. I had Dolby as an underdog. I'm on Tim Means. I'm on Tim Means. The way I was breaking it down, I was like, wait, how is Dolby going to win? Because Tim Means is active on his guard. He's punishing in the clinch. He's got great knees, elbows, good strikes. His chin has held up for the most part. He has been slept before by Nico Price, but has held up. And the minute Dolby doesn't get to set this pace, because he's not going to be able to set the pace, Tim Means is walking forward. He's not Daniel Rodriguez. Daniel Rodriguez is a pretty technical striker, pretty aggressive, but he let Dolby set the pace. Dolby won a decision. Most of the time, that's what happens with Dolby. Dolby has been clipped before. He's been put down before. Tim Means has underrated power. I'm going Tim Means. I switched my pick mid-fucking. Mid that's never happened before. That's that's great. I had a fucking boom epiphany or whatever you want to call it. I'm confident Tim Means now. What the fuck was Brian thinking? I'm confident Tim Means. Timmy means business getting his done. Dirty bird. All right, next up, Andre Philly versus Daniel Pineda. Philly is a minus two thirty favorite. Pineda is a plus one eighty. Um, it's funny because if Pineda would have beat Cub Swanson, this fight would have been a lot closer on paper. I've notoriously have hated on Andre Feely. I have, I have ever since the Yair Rodriguez knockout, I'm like, this dude's shitty. This dude's not good. This dude's whatever. And he goes out there and he, and if he loses a fight, it's fucking close or he's, you know, against Bryce Mitchell, right? He went in there and got taken down, but he was fighting for everything to get up. Cardio was good. Bryce Mitchell is infuriating type dude to fight. I mean, the dude's on you left and right. Can't get him off you. And this, Philly had to withstand it, did really well, and then eventually just Bryce did what Bryce did. So I got to pay some Philly respect here. Pineda is a guy who a little bit older, right? Finally back in the UFC, was in the UFC forever, has crazy. Both these guys have a lot of experience. Pineda looked really good in the beginning of Cubs wants to fight, looked huge in that fight. Looked like he cut a lot of weight for 145. He's a thick kid. He's not young, not a kid. He's a man, thick man. And he's not getting any younger. So I'm going to go Philly here. I think Philly's just a more skilled guy. I think Philly's takedown is very underrated. I think he can get anybody in the division down. I think his stand-up's pretty good. And a guy that I've criminally underrated, 
I'm going to rock with Philly. You know what? And I feel like since I always kind of bag on them and pick against them, I feel like I should bet them. Minus 230 is a little scary. That is a little high. Pineda does have some power. He does have some submissions. He is a vet. He's been in there. He's very well-rounded. But I feel like I owe it to Philly. You know what I mean, Andre Philly? To uh, to maybe sprinkle something on him. The better. Because I've dogged him. And I don't think I've ever really been ruthless. I just said, ah, He's going to lose, right? I don't, I'm never, I'm never on team Philly's camp. Um, it's a guy I've overlooked. And then I rewatched the Bryce Mitchell fight. And I'm like, yeah, he's losing. And, but Bryce is so fucking difficult to deal with. And Philly de- uh, dealt with it pretty well. I mean, in, in a decision loss, right? Um, and then the Sadiq Yusuf fight, I know he lost that, but that was an extremely close fight. Sadiq has big, big power. Um, yeah, I'm going to go Andre Philly here. Uh, you know, minus two thirty. I like that pick. And uh, let my fucking go. Let's keep going. Fight I'm looking forward to the most. Probably one of the, Yeah, it's probably the fight I'm looking forward to the most. Hannibal Barcelos versus Timor Valley. Barcelos is a 230 as well. Timor Valley is a plus 180. That makes a lot of sense to me. So Barcelos is a guy. There's always a guy in the vision. They'll tweet out, and maybe Barcelos does tweet this out. I don't follow him, and I don't know if I don't speak Portuguese. If he does tweet in English, um, those guys in the division that, that no one wants to fight, right? It's just it is like fighters will fight him. They'll be like, "Yeah, I'll fight him. I don't give a fuck." But they really don't want to. Barcelos is that guy. Really good striking, really good jujitsu, really good wrestling. Enter Timor Valley, who has looked unimpressive. Came into the UFC with one loss, had a good win, or excuse me, had a good fight against uh god damn it jones right what's his name trevin jones right had a good fight going against trevin jones which they actually wiped out from his record so he did have two losses okay they wiped because trevin jones popped for a little bit of weed but was dominating trevin jones and then got slept it came out decision martin day big fucking whoop i think trevin jones is a solid fighter i think he's got a lot of power but then you decision martin day that's the guy you finish martin day is a tough durable dude but that's the guy you finish right david grant knocked him out you finish martin day Timur Valley, good grappler, good striker. But Barcelos, I think, is just on another level. Barcelos, honey, Barcelos. This dude's a fucking savage. I think you're getting good value at 230. I'm confident this guy. This guy hasn't got a chance yet, right? He's ranked, what is he? Where they rank him? 17th. Not even in the top 10. Not even in the top. Not even the top 15 in Bantamweights. Probably because he hasn't fought. He's not the most active guy, number one. Number two, hasn't fought. A ton of competition in the UFC. So Kurt Herlaba had a couple runs in the UFC. Solid fighter. He uh, knocked him out with the uppercut. All gorgeous knockout. I wish I had a video clip. Uh, Chris Gutierrez submissioned him or on the Ultimate Fighter finale. Gutierrez leg kick champ right now. That motherfucker's kicking everyone up. Choked him out in the second round. Carlos Hassan. You know, what, what are you going to do, right? Now they all can't be winners. Ground and pound second round. Saeed Nurmagomedov. Yeah, right. He fucking... Beat a off. It's Saeed, but he beat him. Beat him by decision. And then Khalid Taha, who I think is a really durable, tough, powerhouse motherfucker. Decision him back in 2020, back in November. A lot of guys don't want to fight this guy. Inactivity is killing him. He should be in the top 15. I think he's top 10 talent. I'm going Honey Bacellos here. This is going to be not my mortal lock, but Johnny Anik. Send him home. Send him home early. Get him out of here. Bacellos wins this fight. I think he can, I think more than likely this could be a knockout because I think Tumor Valley 
is good on the ground. I think he can probably avoid some submissions. It could be club and sub. It could be catch on the feet, subby on the ground. Um, but I like Honey Barcelos here. I like love saying his name too. Honey Barcelos. It's a fucking great name to say. Let's go. Co-main event. OSP. OSP versus Tanner Bolger. Tanner Bolger <clears throat> spinning around really quickly after his loss over Lillard Latifi. OSP is plus 140. Tanner Bolger minus 177. Um <sighs> This fight is tough because I'm very mad at Bozer from losing to Leo Latifi. He gave up in that third round. He thought he was up to, didn't really work to get off his back. All he had to do is just work to get up off his back. I think he wins that fight. Um, and, and and he did it. And I knew it cost him. It cost me money. And, and Bozer's a guy who people were high on. I was pretty high on him. I dove into his record. Hasn't fought anybody. And, or excuse me, hasn't beaten anybody. He's fought people, hasn't beaten anybody. Enter OSP, this guy's fought everybody at 205. The only fight at heavyweight is Ben Rothwell, where I think he lost the decision or did he win that? He lost the decision, but it was a close fight. Uh, all Ben Rothwell's fights are pretty much close. So enter him against Tanner Bozier. He is um, taller than Tanner Bozier. He, OSP, it's a miracle this guy makes 205. He's a big, big boy. He's going to be happy that he's not cutting the weight. I just don't love how he fights. He's very patient. He likes to counter. Doesn't like to use his wrestling offensively all that much, even though he is really good on top. Has some good chokes. I think Tanner Bozier, again, literally went and quarantined and then went right back to the UFC. Like, didn't even go home and train. So he's just off his last training camp. It looked like he had some pretty good cardio last time. I hate this fight. I'm going to pick Bozier. Because I am high on him. I'm not ready to give up on him yet. I kind of forgive him from the Lira TV fight. OSP, a little bit older. You know, looked okay at heavyweight. Uh, this is a better heavyweight because Tanner Bozer isn't like a huge heavyweight like like uh, like Rothwell was. I just don't like his activity. I think the guy needs to be a little more active. I think he needs to let his hands go. I think he needs to be more, a little more confident. Um, and, and Bozer, I think just it, it can pick him apart from the outside, move really well. I think this fight's going to stand. Keep it on the feet. And then if anything, could be on the clinch. If you're OSP, I would take this fight to the ground. I just don't know if he wants to do that. I, I just don't think he's meant to prepare for that. So I'm going to go Tanner Bozier, even though I don't love it. All right, here we go. Main event time. Big boys again. Siragon, who was a minus 177 versus uh, Vol uh, Alexander Volkov, who is a plus 145. Underdog, when they announced this fight, I didn't get excited. I don't really get excited from any heavyweight fights, unfortunately. But the more I thought about it, the more I'm excited about it. Alexander Volkov's a guy I have never really been on the right side of. I've picked against him quite a few times. Cyril Gon's a guy I've been on since day one. He's only been, you know, he's 8-0 eight, uh, undefeated in the UFC. Very early in his MMA career. Had a kickboxing career, yada, yada. But then you look at Volkov, and even in his losses, he's, I mean, besides the Derek Lewis loss, which he was winning, so I retake that back. He was beating Derek Lewis and then got caught with a fucking sledgehammer. Curtis Blades. Got taken down every five seconds, but worked his feet, showed heart, didn't show quit, just couldn't figure out that fucking wrestling. Um, this is a guy who destroyed Alistair Overeem, like made Reem quit, made Walt Harris rethink being a striker, you know, with the body, the front body kicks hurt Walt Harris. This is a good fight. This is this is a competitive fight. Cyril Gon has had really no trouble in the UFC. He has beat Tanner Bozier. He decisioned Jerzyna Rosenstrikers last time out, which was a really boring fight. Um, he, he played it safe. He has good cardio. He's shown it. He's got good defense. He's got good movement. It's hard to find him. And he's got big power as well. He's shown that he's got power. And he's got some decent ground game. I think he has a win by submission. Um, former trainer partner and inspiring partner of um, 
of uh, uh, Francis Ngannou. I don't know why I blanked on that. Volkov, though, you know, when he fought Bellator, he was a Bellator champion. He was just a skinny, tall, you know, you know, six seven, right? Skinny, tall, decent striker, decent grappler, but got away a lot with his height. Comes to UFC, you know, he's filling out. He's 32 years old. He's in his motherfucking prime, and he's looking thick this week. And I don't know if he's lost. This could be, um, you know, just because tattoos are in my brain. I don't know if he's lost since he's got the giant back piece, right? Two dominant wins over outserving Walt Harris. Don't know if he's lost. He's got a beautiful number next to his name. I mean, gorgeous number. I'm going Alexander Volkov for two reasons. I think he keeps keeps it at range. I think that front kick's a problem. I think it's going to be a very measuring striking contest. Both guys are high-level strikers. It's going to be a measuring of the striking contest. I don't think Cyril Gahn's going to want to get it to the floor. I think he could maybe want to clinch with Volkov. Um, but Volkov has, has got the height, got the reach, got the leverage. He's good in the clinch as well. Good knees. Cyril Gahn, again, he's not built. His body's not built for wrestling, right? So he's built. His cardio is built on striking. He's not going to want to wrestle. He can't wrestle five rounds. He just can't. I think that's the only way to beat Volkov right now is if you want to wrestle him or if you're Francis Ngannou. I think Volkov is going to be a problem with range. I think he's finding his range better. I think his hands are getting better. His kicks are dynamite. And he's aggressive and he's confident. He feels himself. He knows. He's been in there with some of the best in the UFC. And he, and he's withstood it. He's been in there, right? He's took in the fucking Derek Lewis shots. He's got that over with. He's experienced the Curtis Blades wrestling, which is... To me, on the next level of heavyweight wrestling. So I like Volkov here. I do. I think Sirogan's getting a push a little early. I, I'm high on the kid. I think this is just going to be a step, minor step back for him. And I like Alex, Alexander Volkov to win at plus 145. That's a gorgeous number, baby. Gorgeous number. All right. That's the show, everybody. Thanks for watching uh, and listening. Whatever. Again, MMA Takes Podcast on YouTube. I'm, I'm, I'm pumping out video content. You can see my face. You can see my dumb face. I don't look at the camera. The production's still a little shaky, but we're going to iron it out. Um, as always, MMA Takes Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, you know, and Apple. Go to Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. But if you get your podcast at Apple, stroll down to the bottom, hit the subscribe button, hit rate and review, because it helps. Every motherfucking thing helps, okay? I appreciate it. I appreciate you. Let's go. Woo! Hey, pal, do me a favor. Get her down off there. What do you say? Woo! I say let her dance. Woo! 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 Come on, baby. Hey, Woo! Hey, we don't want you. Come on, motherfucker. Back. Escort this gentleman to the door. Do you see that shit? He's real good. The name is Dollar.